The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of myself and my guests and do not reflect those of the Walt Disney Company or anyone else's employers. Hey, guess what, Tri-State Area? I, Heinz Doofenshmirtz, have seized control and am now your supreme leader. Seriously, life as you know it is over. Thank you. And remember, doof you, doof me, doof us. I'm Heinz Doofenshmirtz and I approve this evil message. Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast without a cool acronym. The podcast where we review Disney television animation shows. I'm your host, Chandler Deroshay. Joining me on the podcast today via Zoom, we have Jonathan Harm. Hello. D. Gill. Hello, hello, citizens. And Scott Sandler. Have you had your best day ever yet? So this episode kind of happened as a sort of a change of plans. Because we were going to record our episode for Phineas and Ferb's 15th anniversary with Swampy. It was going to be on Summer Belongs to You. But then I messaged him right before we were about to start recording. And he informed me that he was sick. So we're postponing that. We're hoping to do it soon. But I'm not sure when. And so I thought it would be fun in the meantime to cover the season two episode, The Beak, in honor of both Phineas and Ferb's 15th anniversary and also the premiere of Hamster and Gretel. To which when I said that, Andrew in the chat was like, well, why don't you cover Hamster and Gretel for Hamster and Gretel's premiere? But of course, that was because at the time that we recorded this episode, Hamster and Gretel was only on Disney Now and it was only the first couple of episodes. Uh, We were waiting for the first five to drop on Disney+. Plus. They did this in a very similar fashion to how uh, The Ghost of Molly McGee came out. So we're planning on covering that soon. By the way, you're going to hear Editor Chandler redubbing a lot of this podcast because, for whatever reason, my audio was absolute garbage when we recorded this. I don't know if my microphone got disconnected or what happened, but I didn't notice that there was a problem until it was too late to fix anything. So I'm going back and fixing a lot of it in post. So I'm I'm not sure if you guys know, but uh, Chandler has actually been very instrumental in um, kind of spoon feeding me uh, Phineas and Ferb as we go along. Right now I'm in uh, season two, and it's all thanks to all thanks to this guy. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about it, and I was like, when was the last time we actually covered a regular episode of Phineas and Ferb on the podcast? It was when we covered uh, "Put That Putter Away" and "Does This Duckbill Make Me Look Fat" with Laura Dickinson. And uh, then we covered Across the Second Dimension for its 10th anniversary with Swampy. And we also covered the musical Without a Cool Acronym, which may or may not count as Phineas and Ferb, since it is it is obviously based on Phineas and Ferb, but it's not actually a canon episode. It's a fan project, obviously. And that just celebrated its one-year anniversary. So basically, we have not covered... Anything from the franchise that gave this podcast its name in over a year. So, of course, this was the first time that they really did a superhero parody in the Dwampyverse. And, of course, that superhero parody would go on to be a, an integral part of the Mission Marvel crossover. So or this is just the exciting prequel installment. The other hero's level. Yeah, so this is basically the prequel to Mission Marvel. And it's funny because... Of course, this episode, it's like, okay, so we're doing a superhero spoof. What is Doofenshmirtz doing during all of that? Well, he can't be the villain because Phineas and Ferb can't know about 
him or Perry, so he has to be doing literally the opposite of that. Well, he never needed an innator. All he needed was a note from his brother. Yeah, exactly. His brother needed him to be the Fall Guy, basically. And now I just have the image of Doofenshmirtz competing in Fall Guys in my head, so that's just in my head. Thank you, Chandler. Yeah, and then they just had some random guy be, be the evil villain. Yeah, so random guy who we never see again ever. That's probably because, you know, with the whole Perry's not supposed to let them know he's a secret agent and how could the boys be fighting Doofenshmirtz and Perry fighting Doofenshmirtz at the same time, so... Phineas and Ferb have met Doofenshmirtz several times, but they've never had to, like, fight him, other than, obviously, Second Dimension Doof, which they don't remember. Like, they don't know that their Doof is evil. Um, if anything, they just know him as, oh, hey, it's Vanessa's dad, you remember him. Mm-hmm. Well, well, didn't, uh, was it either Dan or Swampy or, or somebody on the crew said something to the effect of, like, because somebody asked, well, why wouldn't the kids remember him? And they said, well, little kids, younger kids usually don't remember, like, all the adults that they meet or whatever they'll or something something to that effect yeah i can buy that hey i'm not a little kid and i don't even remember all the people i meet you know it's like oh i might see them like a week later and they're like they'll just be talking to me like i i just talked to them yesterday and i'm like yeah who's this again (laughs) i've literally had people recognize me at other places at disney world and i'm like um do i know you they're like yeah we saw you at the emporium you checked us out remember i'm like oh yeah i mean not really but sure that's retail for you baby oh exactly it's like i work retail the most popular theme park in the world it's like i don't remember every guest i ever interact with I dare say I forget most of you almost immediately. If I remember you, it's either because something really good happened or something really bad happened. It's another day at the office, right, Ferb? Uh, I feel like my Phineas voice is like a little close to to the Zach voice that I do too well. <laughs> yeah, so the episode begins with Phineas and Ferb just having finished their latest creation, which is the Phineas and Ferb Edge of Insanity Kiss Your Butt Goodbye Gravity's a Stone Cold Sucker Nightmare Rail Skate Track Obstacle Course of Doom didn't even pick up how hard they were going while they were making it yeah they kind of went overboard with it yeah um ferb accidentally drops the skateboard and uh oops you know it occurs to me we could get hurt i guess the of doom in the name should have tipped us off so we, we're just imagining which uh, Republican senator we want to feed through this skate, skate park of doom, right? <laughs> Cut to Linda getting a root canal and Candace barges in because of course she does. Okay, Linda, you may feel a little pressure. There you are, Mom. Candace? Phineas and Ferb have built a giant skateboard obstacle course of doom on top of the house. You have to- Oh, you have got to be kidding me. If you hadn't noticed, I'm kind of in the middle of something here. Was that even English? Out. Oh. All right, all right, jeez. Don't take it out on me. I'm the good guy here. Okay, let's get back to your root canal. Ah. Oh. Thank goodness. Speaking as someone who has gone through a, a root canal, those suckers hurt like hell. Yeah. Um, later, um, nothing later in the episode, she has like an eye surgery thingy. So it's just kind of a big old day for, for her. Just get all the appointments knocked out in one day, I guess. Uh, cut back to the backyard. Isabella's come over and um, she's wearing her reporter outfit. What's up with the getup? I'm going for my intrepid reporter patch. And of course, Isabella will be our Lois Lane for this episode. Mm-hmm. Isabel, Isabel Lois Lane. Slash Mary Jane. 
Sling us a web, you're the Spider-Man. It'd probably be more recognized as an Iris West than a Lois Wayne. Mm. Because of what the uh, Superman, what's been provided of the Superman in TV and film, it's only been Man of Steel. Meanwhile, Iris West had a whole season or so covering the Flash in the exact same way. Oh, okay. Although we should thank our lucky stars that they didn't take inspiration from, like, Rebirth Lois Lane. Like, Heroes in Crisis Lois Lane. And thankfully this has nothing to do with the other Flash that's going on right now. Although, if anyone was going to be, like, hunting them down and trying to track their whereabouts, it would totally be Isabella trying to get her merit badge. Yeah, Isabella doesn't mess around. I'm sitting on the scoop of the century. I need this merit badge. <laughs> so Phineas and Ferb tell Isabella that they've built their skateboard obstacle course, but haven't attempted a run yet because they need to make some adjustments to make sure that they can survive and stuff. And so Isabella says that she'll be back in an hour. And that's when Phineas comes up with the idea to make modifications to themselves to be able to complete the course. Instead of modifying the track, maybe we should modify ourselves. Together we could be the most ultimate skateboarder ever. Hey, where's Perry? Perry goes down into his lair and uh, Alka is in crisis mode because Doof released a video saying that he's effectively seized control of the tri-state area. I love how Major Monogram going incognito as uh, the mom while Carl is, you know, going as the baby. Yes, Major Monogram. That. Major Monogram doesn't even bother taking off the mustache. Yeah, yeah. Say, yeah he just leaves the mustache on. Carl shaves his head, though. Yeah, it's intern work for you. Couldn't Carl just go incognito as a regular college student? Cut back to the montage of Phineas and Fur making the super suit while Phineas explains what they need to do. And I don't know why, but Phineas is on this Bulgarian folk dancing kick. What, you think we should have more Bulgarian folk-related elements? Oh, less. Less Bulgarian. Okay, wow, I thought we were on the same page, but no, it's cool, whatever. Time to suit up. Kind of sad it didn't really come up in the climax or anything. Yeah, I think it's funny as a random non sequitur, but I think it would have been funnier if it had actually been paid off in the episode somehow. But maybe they just couldn't figure out a way to do it? I don't know. Boo, zero out of ten. Worst episode. <laughs> it could have got cut for time or something. That's possible. So they do the skateboard track successfully, but then with the superheroing, they pick up that uh, Buford is calling for help because, quote, He's stuck in a tree and I can't get him down. <laughs> because what would be funnier than rescuing a cat from a tree? Rescuing Baljeet from a tree. Why is he up there? We don't know. And it's not even like he's paralyzed by indecision like he had in that one episode where he couldn't choose between two ice creams. Look at your favorite calculator and some math problems. Ooh, fractions? Ooh. Ah! I got you! What is that? Ah! This is so much worse than hitting the ground! You ah! saved my nerd! Well, that was amazing! I can't believe Phineas and Ferb missed it. Well, I guess that means Belgique has fallen out of trees before if he knows it's worse than hitting the ground. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure he's gotten dropped by Buford before because when Buford does it, it's okay. But when Belgique falls on his own, that's when Buford is concerned because they're frenemies, of course. And, of course, Isabella gets the pictures of them rescuing Belgique after they're not in the backyard when she comes back. And, yeah, the the beak save, save Belgique from the tree. And in one and in one two minute sequence, he's immediately much more of a Superman than Zack Snyder's Superman. <laughs> <laughs> 
Of course, I think that's a bar solo. You could trip on it. And hey, just saying, the beak did come back multiple times, more than you could say for Henry Cavill. Oh! oh. Uh, He's totally coming back at Comic-Con, guys. He's totally coming back. Nope. So, of course, Candace is complaining about how her mom never takes her seriously, and it's always... Candace, I'm shopping! Candace, I'm having root canal surgery! Candace, I'm deliberating with a sequestered jury! How'd you even get in here? <laughs> that last one cracks me up so much. <laughs> Obviously, a little kid wouldn't get that, but for adults, that joke is hilarious. I call this the SpongeBob approach to making gags. Of course, of course. And Stacy was crushing on um, was crushing on the beak. So um, at at least Candace had the appropriate reaction because she rightly believes it is it is at least Phineas in the suit. But then again. This is a show that ends up accepting Vanessa and Ferb. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that one. So meanwhile, at Doof's building, um, he's trying to act like he's taken over the Tri-State area when he actually didn't. He was just bluffing the whole time. Uh, you know that whole taking over the Tri-State area thing? I, I was just bluffing. I, I, I hoped maybe if I just told everyone I was in charge, they'd be too lazy or too busy to, you know, actually check. Oh, hello, Roger. Uh-huh. What? You are? Me? In charge? It worked? You're kidding! You're not kidding? Mm -hmm. uh, I miss the days when that was unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you miss the days when people were a little more critical of the uh, media they consume? If this crisis required a fall guy, imagine a pandemic. My de-pandemicinator. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, who am I kidding? I'd love one of those. And um, as a result of not quite knowing how to stop flying, Phineas and Ferb end up using grappling hooks to anchor themselves to the obstacle course to slow down, and the whole thing falls apart, so they have to throw it all away. So, of course, Isabella publishes the story, which Phineas and Ferb see, and um, she names their superhero The Beak. Superhero Comes to Danville by Isabella Garcia Shapiro. I call him The Beak. Isabella calls Phineas, and he apologizes for letting her down, um, and offers to make it up to her by offering her an exclusive, to which she, of course, um, responds with, meet me downtown in five minutes. So, yeah, they live five minutes away from downtown, because, you know, cartoon logic. Well, just like in any cartoon like The Simpsons, you know, they live close to everywhere. I mean, they're, they could drive to uh, Rushmore, and they could be at the ocean in, like, five minutes, so... We're near the beach and Mount Rushmore. Where does this exist? Nowhere. Springfield borders Ohio, Nevada, Maine, and Kentucky. Well, maybe there's three points. There's Springfield, oh, Danville, and uh, some, some other cartoon city. Springfield, Danville, and Duckburg. And those three areas make up the tri-state tri area. area. It'll make sense. Well, then who's the adjacent area? Is that just Missouri? I mean, we have Auto Age adjacent on the podcast right now. Well, I think, yeah, I guess that would be over here because uh, it's adjacent to the that Bermuda Triangle of right over there. Some other cartoon city. <laughs> I'm I'm Batu adjacent. Does that count? So of course, one person who gets the newspaper is uh, Kakapupu, who is our villain for this episode. With the beak watching over us, everyone in Danville is free to have the best day ever. Best day ever, huh? We'll see about that. Are you in there complaining again about never having a good day in your life? Well, I never did. 
Where's my best day ever? Thank you very much. <laughs> I told her. Oh, I heard that! Played by Ben Stiller of all damn yeah. people. It's not a Ben Stiller comedy! <laughs> For the last time, Mom, it's not a Ben Stiller comedy! So, of course, they go to meet Isabella, and they take the suit, and Candace sees them fly away and is like, ooh, yeah, I'm definitely going to bust them for this. And, of course, just as they arrive downtown, Cockapoopoo shows up and declares that he wants to make everyone's day the worst day ever. Yeah, he doesn't want to take over the tri-state area. Like, right, he, he just, just wants to just ruin wants everyone's to... day. And what's he supposed to do after the one day? Is he going to keep it going, or does he just He probably doesn't purpose? know. I don't think he thought that far ahead. And I mean, he keeps getting chairs yeeted at him by his wife, so... You know. Hashtag chair yeeting. I gotta be honest, I'm tired of that humor. Ha ha, I hate my wife and our loveless marriage. Also, chair yeeting is the name of my Limp Biscuit tribute band. Yeah, it's just kind of honey honeymooners, uh, just backwash. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, that was um, Stewart's actual wife, Christine, Ta Christine Taylor, as uh, Mrs... Oh, that's funny. Um, and they, um, in real life, they were separated, but um, they apparently recently reconciled. Well, glad somebody made it. <laughs> uh, so while all of this is going on, uh, Melody, Roger Duvenschmertz's uh, snarky secretary, makes fun of him for not signing the proposal to defend Danville from attacking robots. Not only did he not sign it, but he used it as a coaster. And so we already played the clip from it, but that's where Roger gets the idea to use um, his brother as the fall guy. Oh, hello, Roger. Uh-huh. What? You are? Me? In charge? It worked? You're kidding. You're not kidding? All these tyrannical dictators made that look so easy. <laughs> yes, all those tyrannical dictators who, you know, haven't gotten deposed or anything. No. Just remind me not to move to Mar-a-Lago. All, all those tribal dictators like Ron DeSantis and Vladimir Putin. Well, <laughs> who knows that happens yet? When, but... when Secretary said um, that uh, Doof was pressing on the tape dispenser, I was imagining Trump freaking out and going, Tape dispenser? Oh, God, throw that away, throw that away. <laughs> you don't need more proof. <laughs> this has been a surprisingly political episode. Uh, the P in PWCA stands for politics today. <laughs> <laughs> politics, it's a cool antagonist. Ooh, that doesn't sound half bad. Um, so during the fight, the beat gets knocked unconscious, which I guess means both Phineas and Verb were knocked unconscious? That must have been a hit to the head and a hit to the abdomen. Yeah, uh, but of course the suit... Um, enhances all their senses, including um, the hearing, like we saw earlier. And Phineas hears Isabella wondering where he is, and that um, wakes him up. And with how often Isabella's pining after Phineas, I don't think you need enhanced hearing to to, to hear that. I don't know, he's pretty dense. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm not sure even an enhancement of those abilities would have helped him. Yeah, he's pretty dense when it comes to any of that. Aren't we all? <laughs> Um, but so, of course, he wakes up and continues fighting Cockapoo-Poo. Which, by the way, of course, when he first introduces himself, everyone laughs at the name, because obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he has to say, what? It's a family name. It means the strong fist. Yeah, or that strong fist. 
Uh, note from the podcast, you're going to hear the words cock-a-poo-poo a lot in this episode, Actually, so that... just go ahead, get them giggles out right now. Yes. Um, I don't remember, did did we actually see it spelled out in the episode? Did he... uh... not... I got the wiki up on my screen right now, and it's you know, K-H-A-K-A-P-E-U-P-E-U with the, uh, I forget um... what you call it, those two dots above the U, it's like... Those would be the umlauts, my good man. Yeah, okay. Oh, crud. It, is it Andrea? Or, wait, what was it again? Is it, which vowel? Is it Ean? A-E-I-O-O-Andrea? Or is there an umlaut? Is it like an Andrea? Or did, <laughs> Maybe you was... should take a seat before you make this even worse. I like how the wiki has this word and people will laugh because of the name's affiliation with excrement. Keeping it classy. Or not the only mm. time they've used uh name like that or whoever wasn't it one of doofenshmirtz's relatives remember he found a cat and it was he named him what was it mr fluffy pants or something or, or and it was actually a family name but it wasn't spelled uh the, you know it wasn't spelled as fluffy pants it was like it had some weird spelling like this kaka poo poo name or, or something yeah that sounds about right Mm. So it's like they, they have used that before so childish jokes with dan and swampy the double you say <laughs> and of course phineas embraces the whole superhero thing and goes for the uh, witty puns a la spider-man or just i guess the mcu in general phineas uh embraces the full superhero thing and uh goes for the the classic uh witty puns which of course uh, I'm sure people on Twitter would complain about um, that, you know, you don't need to undercut every serious moment with a joke, or we're not undercutting every serious moment with a joke. Mm. And those two guys that were, like, pointing out the pointing out the winniness of the joke on the sidelines, did that sound like Dan and Swampy to anyone else? Yeah, I think that was. Yeah. I'm not an idiot, Charles. <laughs> I think the curly-haired guy might have might resemble one of the other characters like that you might see later, but I couldn't quite remember which one it was. I was thinking, um, I thought it might have been Jeff McGarland from uh, from the Comic Con episode, the one voiced by Seth. Oh, okay. But I couldn't I couldn't remember if that was actually the character model they used. So I maybe not. It might just look similar. Um but yeah, so Phineas ties up the cocker crawler's legs and then um and then hits it. Um maybe this one will be a hit. Yeah, you see, cause we cause he hit him. I'm not an idiot, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> And the the top part of the the machine is a hovercraft, so that's what he uses for the rest of the episode. He doesn't strike him as an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Kakapupu says that um, he's going to come after them with uh, what's closest, you, you know, what what matters to them most. Which, of course, is the classic supervillain thing to mm -hmm. um, come after someone important to the superhero. First, we attack his heart. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm something of an evil scientist myself. <laughs> uh, Russian cars. Sorry about that. 
child. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think I noticed the Bangaroos on Ice billboard until this viewing. <laughs> oh, ice carrots! <laughs> Would Candace be able to go to that? Or is she only banned from the convention? <laughs> yeah, she's only banned from the convention. Okay, so she mm. can go to the Bangaroos on Bangaroos Ice. Bangaroos on Ice. Um, and as Cockapoo retreats, um, Isabella comes up to the beak and says that um, he was amazing. And of course, um, Phineas leaves quickly because he's like, we can't let Isabella know now. We, we, we don't want to put her in danger. And so that's basically the, uh, the running uh, conflict through the rest of the episode is uh, Phineas having to lie to Isabella, which is something that he obviously hates doing. Maybe they could have told their mom and everything would have gone away. I did love that part, though, where with the uh, when the beat comes up on top of the building, it's like, oh, your friend uh, climbed in through the window, so don't bother looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> or was it? Don't forget. Like, fell uh, off. It's like, oh, he, uh, he, he grabbed onto the ledge and he uh, climbed in the window, so don't bother looking for him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. Entering some stranger's I'm, I'm. Yeah, he's just in some stranger's apartment now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just hiding away there, all, all permitted and stuff. Well, do you know what the apartment number is? No, no, it's not an apartment number. I, I mean. And of course, Mia says, uh, "The life of a superhero is a lonely one, even after only eleven minutes." <laughs> Which he says to Ferb, "The life of a superhero is a lonely one, Ferb." <laughs> yeah, like. You know, <laughs> fast forwarding to the end of the episode. Hello, entire lower, lower half of amazing superhero here. Mm -hmm. There's no glory in thighs. I know about half a dozen users on TikTok that would vehemently disagree with you there, Ferb. Uh, you can't just get out himself. I'm sure Phineas is like, come on, dude. I don't know. In that suit of armor, I would have made like a Darth Maul kind of feature where you, the torso separates from the from the legs and yeah. And the narrator guy says, "As the things continue to happen in the second half of the episode, after the the narrator, of course, is a very Stan Lee um, inspired thing, which I'm sure that's not quite as much as Operation Naughty, but sure." Yeah, I'm sure that that's Swampy doing that voice. It's like right in front of the food court, in fact. <laughs> so Candace, of course, is trying to figure out how to um, how to um, bust Phineas and Ferb using this. Uh, and she's got Stacy in her room. And Stacy's like, are you sure that the beak is Phineas and Ferb? He's just so hunky. And Candace's like, oh, barferoni with cheese. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's the right reaction. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, it's just my reaction to me from my sisters in general, so I'm used to that. <laughs> uh, so Candace is like, hey, if, if they're going to play superhero, then we'll play supervillain. And um, the name she comes up with is like just stupidly... The danger F and the danger The danger And they're not even Danish at all. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call a group of giraffes? A tower. What do you call a scare group of giraffes? A tower of terror. Candace wants Stacy to be her henchman. Oh no, you did not just tell me to hench. And Stacy's in a hamster ball later for like 
absolutely no reason other than just that's the theme that they went with. Does it tie even more into Hamster and Gretel's pretty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for someone to trap Hamster in a hamster wall. If it turns out Hamster is voiced by Stacy from uh, from Phineas and Ferb, that 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 would be well, they got be a deep bed, cut. So it's he's a pilot. Yeah. So Candace thinks that Kakapupu is just one of their friends playing a game with them, which is really weird because, like, where would they have met this random dude who's obviously much older than them? Yeah, like, never mind the fact that he's, like, an adult, like, way taller than they are, so he could be able to and figure out he's not the same probably age probably 20 years older than them. Yeah, guy's gotta be at least in his 30s. Even uh, uh, Irving's older brother, Albert, is, like, you know, t- taller, but he's not, like, the same, he's like still way younger than uh Kaka Poo Poo, though. So. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is that yeah, makes I, it really funny considering it's like Candace knew that the beak was Phineas and Ferb, but she doesn't know that Kaka Poo Poo is not one of their friends but an adult. <laughs> yeah, you think she would have figured <laughs> that out? Doesn't know. Yeah, so while all of this is happening, Doofenshmirtz is moving into the mayor's office and he spends most of the episode trying to talk to Melanie on an intercom that just does not exist. Well, as much as I hate joining forces with good, I need to take my responsibilities as mayor very seriously if I plan to abuse the position later. So, uh, Melanie, have you gotten me the phone number of the beak? That's your stapler. Oops, sorry. Have you gotten the phone number of the beak? Steal your stapler. (laughs) It's just just him pulling items off his desk. (laughs) That is a stapler. That is a bowl of mints. I have my hand in a bowl of mints. Yes, you do. Paperweight. Well, at least he didn't attract a bunch of horse flies by building a giant slip and slide with pancakes. That was a uh, Ghost and Molly McGee reference, of course. Um, Phineas and Ferb uh, have uh, built their own secret lair in the tree, which uh, totally doesn't interfere with anything Perry had, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and when um, I, I meant to mention this, but um, when, when Doof Trap Perry, I was like, Perry the podium! Because <laughs> it was yeah, supposed Doof... to be like a makeshift podium, right? With cardboard. Doof Trap Perry, even though there's really no reason for him to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Bunch did it out of habit. You know. He could have just trapped him in a meeting with the mayor. <laughs> You've been trapped! By societal convention! Yeah! Society. We live in a society. So, of course, we get more Phineas and Isabella angst. Um, Before we recorded this episode, I was talking to uh, Cadence, who uh, goes by the Twitter handle at OffCadence18. And uh, we were talking about how this this whole episode is just a masterclass in eyebrow animation. Phineas's eyebrows the whole time are so expressive and it's great. Because, of course, this episode is about the most stressed we ever see Phineas, save for any of the hour-long specials. Like yelling Candace to get on the trike. Get on the trike! <laughs> I don't know yeah. what he was yelling at, but then Buford said... Oh, he's yelling at his sister again. This is a, yeah, this is a special funny. episode. Yeah, this is a special episode. <laughs> he's yelling at his sister. Yes. Um, and because, yeah, Isabella comes over and uh, tries to enlist Phineas for his help in finding out who the beak is. And they're just sweating bullets the entire time. Yeah. 
for for Snorts and Cockapoo's name, which Isabella takes mm-hmm. as um, them just not being interested in helping with this at all. Dang it, Ferb. <laughs> After Isabella leaves, they go up into their um, new superhero headquarters and um, jump into the suit and um, go fight Cockapoo again. Which I'm impressed by the amount of restraint they had not to have the suit up be like a magical girl transformation sequence. <laughs> no, because they had to do Spider-Man's theme song instead. Oh, right, right. So yeah, then, um, then there's a the whole montage, and then we go back to, uh, like I said earlier, Candace trying to rob her mom, which is really funny. So Candace decides that she's going to play supervillain. She figures the best thing to do would be to call Phineas in a panic that their mom is in trouble, and then pretend to rob her mom, which is really funny. Phineas, quick! Mom is in danger! Ah! And the award goes to... Oh, wait, shoot. Now it's all up to the danger giraffe. So then what does a danger bull do? I told you, you're my henchman. Hench or something. Oh no, you did not just tell me to hench. Okay, just watch my bike. Yeah, in, in the uh, in, in the very dopey danger giraffe uh, get up. I just fell in love <laughs> so with funny. that. <laughs> Candace, what on earth are you doing? Give woman! What do you need, gum? Help, help, I'm taking her purse! Here, honey, here's a 20. Why don't you go see a movie? Aha! I stole 20 bucks from this woman! Help! The beak! Also, Candace tells Stacy to watch her bike and her bike gets stolen. (laughs) (laughs) Just imagine, just like, okay, I'm stealing this bike from you by hamster person. Because, like, what is Stacy gonna do? But I'm sure a certain 12 year old named Mabel Pines would be very jealous of Stacy's hamster ball. Think she'd ever want to try to put, like, waddles in one? Well, she wanted to put herself in one, remember? Oh, yeah, true. But how would you use your grappling hook inside of a hamster ball, though? I'll find a way. (laughs) Very carefully. (laughs) Very carefully. I love the ending of the stickers short where Mabel's like, And now a riddle. What kind of sticker can save your life? Waddles, if you please. Update, Mabel had to go to the hospital that night. The gang goes to the hospital. So as Candace is trying to steal Linda's purse, Phineas and Ferb walk up. Hi, Mom. Hi, Candace. Everything okay? What? Where's the beak? Mom's been robbed! Oh, yes, right. Apparently, Giraffe Girl has robbed me. Oh, come on, admit it. You two are superheroes. Well, Ferb has been working out. Thanks for noticing. Tell her the truth. You're making me look ridiculous. Way too easy. I lost your bike. I don't know if Phineas actually got the message from Candace or not, but with the big suit, they'd be able to know pretty easily that their mom is fine and there's no problem. Melody, have you gotten me the phone number of the beak? That's your stapler. Oops, sorry. Have you gotten the phone number of the beak? Steal your stapler. Candace actually did go see a movie and one of the parents of the movie complained about her monstrous giraffe head. And uh, as she's walking home, um... Cockapoo-poo shows up and is like, hey, I didn't know there was another supervillain. You want to team up? And Candace is, of course, thinking that this is one of their friends somehow. Again, I still don't know how. Um, Especially when she sees them with their friends nearly every day. Right? Like, she she should know. Like, it's... 
the big crowd events like the beach party and the roller coaster were so long ago. Like even at this point that, and they haven't had those crowd drawing events. Although they also had the rodeo and the circus and customers aren't friends. Customers aren't friends. Tell that to Teddy from Bob's Burgers. Yeah, Bob says, he's not my friend. He's our best customer. And then in later seasons, the kids are like, yeah, he's basically our uncle. Seem to make a lot of Bob's Burgers references on this show. Yep. Because it's a good show. Uh, hmm. And a lot of uh, Ghost and Molly McGee references. And a lot of and Venom of references, Mo oddly enough, early, early on. <laughs> inserted himself in at least Homer's life. I'm not sure how much of. So Phineas and Ferb are heading back home to the nest when they come across Isabella and she does something absolutely unprecedented. She greets Ferb before Phineas. Oh, hello, Ferb. Phineas. Oh, she's mad. Yeah, she's clearly very upset. Phineas apologizes to her and she's like, oh, you know, it's fine. It's just weird to not know where you are or what you're doing. And Cockapoo-Poo shows up at that moment and sprays everyone with water. You monster! Now I'm wet! Melanie? That's your tape dispenser. Melanie? Paperweight. Oh no, this is terrible! I'm so glad you're here with me, Phineas. Come on, we can cover the action better from the top of City Hall. Phineas? I'm sorry, Isabella. We can't go with you. You're gonna leave me again? You're gonna have to trust me. Have I ever let you down? Yes! Like four times today alone! It wasn't less letting you down. That was less disappointing you. It's not leaking, it's overflowing. <laughs> Come on, Ferb. Let's roll. Phineas! Don't you leave me! Phineas! Melanie, could you come in here? And that would be a bowl of mints. I've got my finger in a bowl of mints? Yes, you do. Oh, well, that would explain why there's so many buttons. Kakapoo-Poo calls the beak a chicken, and um, to which um, the beak responds by shooting a couple eggs at him. Actually, I'm a lamb. Honestly, they could have just added a beaver tail to the beak and just have him be a platypus since he shoots <laughs> eggs, too. A platypus seems superhero. That's ridiculous. The combatipus. The combatipus. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, remember they had already built the platyposterior in that one episode because they didn't have time to finish the rest. So, yeah, they could have mm. just finished the rest of it and had the platyposterior. <laughs> the, the rest of the platypus. <laughs> the remains of the platypus. <laughs> That was a different episode. Uh, the Remains of the Platypus is actually my Rage Against the Machine cover band. <laughs> <laughs> Motorcycle, uh, sorry. And then Cockapoo-Poo introduces his new sidekick, the Danger Raph. Oh no, he's got Candace. I can't believe it. He actually found out what was important to us. Your move, Worm Breath. Um, okay. I give up. Then to the death, idiot. Wait, what? You win. Huh? Why? Well, because you got her. What, the Danger Raph? You're kidding! She's just my henchman. Oh, I do not hench, thank you very much. Danger Raff is out! Peace! Bacaw! Wait, how did he get so far away? And, of course, they start fighting again, and they go past City Hall. Melanie, do we even have an intercom? We do not. Hey, look, it's the beak! Awesome! I'm gonna go check it out! And then, of course, you get the classic superhero ultimatum of two problems, only one superhero. You can save the school bus full of children or your girlfriend, but not both. At least that's what Cockapoo thinks, because um, while they're fighting, they knock into City Hall and cause Isabella to um, 
not quite fall, but be hanging onto the side of the building. And meanwhile, Cockapoo also um, causes a billboard to fall towards a bunch of bystanders. And he thinks that this is obviously a checkmate moment. But of course, Phineas just jumps out of the suit and rescues Isabella while Ferb is flailing around like crazy, trying to control the entire thing with just the bottom, which looks very funny. Come to the think of it, my question is, why didn't the people who were about to get crushed by the billboard, I don't know, try to move at all? I think it's because what was on it was so cute that they couldn't really move. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and meanwhile, um, Isabella's also about to fall off of City Hall. Thanks for coming back, Phineas. No problem. Up, oh, gotta go. Don't worry, your friend's fine. He landed on a ledge, but don't look for him because he crawled in a window. You know, perhaps I'm over explaining this. Gotta go. I will say, continuing, continuing on the theme of uh, Phineas is terrible at lying to Isabella, um, I think that's why in the in Happy Birthday, Isabella, um, instead of... Um, Instead of trying to hide what they're doing from her, he's just like, yep, you forget her out of here. Because <laughs> it's like, he's terrible at lying to her. Because <laughs> he cares about her so much. Fin Phineas would be so easy to win at poker against. <laughs> Especially if he, I, I Now I'm picturing... Um, uh, we need someone to draw this. Um, Phineas, like, at uh, the, the fire circles are having, like, a poker night for some reason. And he's just losing miserably. Thanks for helping us earn our poker face and bear badges. <laughs> so who would the best poker player be? You think it would be Buford? Mm, or... I want to say Ferb's got it. Ferb. Oh, Ferb, 100%. Belgique would be the... Uh... One like counting cards and stuff because he's like and, and Buford just cheats. Buford, yeah, Buford <laughs> would just cheat. He both. Hey, I think that guy with the napkin is cheating. You mean he's also cheating? I was looking for sympathy, not judgment. Buford would probably has have aces up his sleeve, but he's wearing a short sleeve shirt. So. <laughs> yes. Alji <laughs> wouldn't cheat on his own, but he would be used to cheat. Oh yes. Um. Meanwhile, Doof is just trying to get rid of all the shrimp in the casino's buffet, and Perry's trying to stop him. Yes. <laughs> Nothing's gonna stop me from having the best day ever. Oh yeah? Well, I never had a best day ever! Thank you very much! I get it, Ferb. All this guy ever wanted was to have the best day ever. You know what we have to do, right? Now, Beak, we finish it! I couldn't agree more. Huh? Phineas is the Beak? Hey, you just earned your Adur patch! Actually, in, I think it was Christmas Vacation, you can see that she has that patch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, think, I think as much as um, Isabella says don't make up patch names, they kind of do make up patch names uh, based on um, the events of Candace Against the Universe. I think all patch names are made up. Well, yeah, ultimately, they're made up by someone. I would love for the Adir patch to be the one thing about the this the fireside girls of Candace knew before Run Candace Run or whatever <laughs> yes the episode was that she became a fireside girl fireside girls Jamboree yes yeah 
That's the one thing he knew, and everything else he had to learn right there. But there's no point of being a supervillain if there's no superhero to fight with. Exactly. And um, Phineas asked Cockapoo-Poo if he'd like to help them rebuild their cool skate park, saying it would be fun. And Cockapoo-Poo's like, yeah, I, that sounds like a great idea. Wait, no, it's like 85 degrees out. That sounds terrible. And then his wife shows up and throws a chair at him. Shush, you! You were supposed to take me shopping! I need me some more throwing chairs! Yes, dear. Ha ha, he's trapped in a loveless marriage filled with domestic abuse. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I really don't like that runner, I'm sorry. There goes my day. Thank you very much! Well, it looks like he's gonna get his punishment after all. I feel like that's a little out of character coming from Phineas. Yeah. Rule of funny, I guess. Yeah, true. And then, of course, Doof and Perry um, jump into the hovercraft and beak suit, respectively. This is one of a couple times where they end up hijacking the invention as a part of a way to make it go away. Um, even though Doof didn't really do anything, and this was only temporary, and the only thing he really did wrong was trapping Perry in that weird mounted head thing that was sticking out at the side of the building somehow. Well, mm. well there was in, in the, uh, was it the New Year's one where Perry knew that you know, no one's going to keep the resolution. Doof said, he's like, you knew this and you still punched and kicked me? And Perry shrugged his shoulders like, yeah, it is what we do. <laughs> so so that, that maybe that's why Perry was fighting. You know, it's just what they do. Oh, that just sounds uh, like uh, me and Agatha on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> and then um, Perry leaves out of the beak suit and um, Doofenshmirtz ends up you know, just flying off willy-nilly. Uh, and, of course, Perry lands in the stroller that Carl's been in this whole time. So, of course, Isabella apologizes to Phineas for doubting him, and Phineas apologizes to Isabella for not being able to tell her. And, of course, she's like, I know you were just trying to protect me. And, of course, Linda's had her pupils dilated, so she can't see any of this that's happening. Mom, did you see them? Did you, did you, did you? Um, no, the optometrist just dilated my pupils. Everything's actually a big blurry blob at the moment. But get me. I'll be back. There can be only one. Well, then I need to bring you with me to St. Louis or Texas at some point. Because <laughs> we can go on Mr. Oh, Freeze and make bad Arnold voices all the time. Oh, yes. Oh, are, those, are, those, are those the only Six Flags places with uh, Batman and Robin rides left? Well, the only other one that ever existed was Batman and Robin the Chiller at Six Flags Great Adventure, and that one was the colossal disaster you would expect from a Batman and Robin ride, mainly because it was, like, really ambitious and way ahead of its time, to the point where it didn't work correctly for most of its life. They have the technology now that if they wanted to rebuild that ride today, it would work perfectly and be awesome. But they built that ride in the early 90s, and it was way ahead of its time. And that's why it didn't work very well. Uh, are in St. Louis and in uh, Arlington at um, Six Flags Over Texas. I, uh, one of my all time. I could not wrap my head around the ride using the aesthetics of the Nolan trilogy getting a wild bouncy ride yep jonathan and i did that one that that's in uh well they have a couple of them but that one's in gurney illinois that's the dark knight coaster it's like a fantasy land style dark ride except the uh, figures don't even move that much but it's a wild mouse and it's based on the christopher nolan dark knight movie i i just couldn't it it was 
it, it was kind of amazing. Like it was really it weird, but really it was kind of amazing. Know, but it did not deserve that kind of. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. It, it did not deserve that kind of ride. It deserved something like Medusa. Six Flags Great America has like three different Batman rides now because they have Batman the Ride, the Joker, and the Dark Knight coaster. And with Great Adventure, it was Batman the Ride, Batman Robin the Killer, and the Dark Knight. Right. And but the Chiller's not there anymore. Well, yeah, but I'm saying back when the Dark Knight coaster was new. But the Chiller wasn't still there when Dark Knight was open, was it? Might have still been there structurally, but who... But... Yeah, no, it was gone by 2007. Oh. And it was operating so sporadically. But yeah, Mr. Freeze is very fun. We did that, like... How many times did we do that? Like four times? Uh, yeah, I think so. It was because there was like no wait for it. Yeah. Oh, uh, that ride's great. Yeah, and they were like super fast on dispatching that thing too. Yeah, and they were only running one side, but that was okay. Um, I remember the first, so, time, yeah, the first time we rode it, they just said, hey, if there's nobody waiting, you can just stay in your seat. And, that was the best. All right. <laughs> uh, I think we did get up and move up a few seats because someone was waiting for that. And that was, that was also <laughs> the same day in St. Louis that we got stuck on Batman the Ride for like 15 minutes. Yeah, they were planning on making a Batgirl ride, but then they canceled it about halfway through. <laughs> which, which was a shame because like it was already built. We did test runs, and they just canceled it for tax purposes. They're like, well, we can just write it off. So, you know, it's a real shame because Six Flags St. Louis really needed the new coaster, but oh well. The, the lead ride announcer <laughs> needs, needs something as big. He deserves but they're, it. But they're not canceling the ride that they made with Ezra Miller. <laughs> Podcast without a cool acronym. Come for the cartoon discussions. Stay for the heavy-handed jabs at Warner Brothers. Yay! <laughs> Well, what else would you do? It's a Disney podcast. <laughs> uh, so, any final uh, thoughts and, on the episode? Uh, actually, uh, I, I wanted to mention, so at the end of the episode, uh, Linda's like, hey, who wants snacks? And, like, everyone in town follows them home. Who are you people? And, of course, Isabella's like, Phineas, you were so brave today. And he's like, thanks, so are you. And Ferb's just like, hello, I'm right here. There's no glory in thighs. It's Honestly. high stakes action. <laughs> high state area. <laughs> Herb did not skip leg day. Mm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is a fun episode. I really like this one. It's one of the few examples of Phineas and Ferb actually having to face some sort of conflict and not just, you know, being them having fun during the summer. And of course, the conflict isn't even really so much with the villain that they're fighting, because he's kind of incidental, as it is them having to keep secrets from their friends. And by friends, I primarily mean Isabella. Yeah. And yeah, as a first-timer to the show, yeah, this was a perfectly fun superhero uh, episode. It was um, if, you know, if fun, moving along in a good clip. It wouldn't have been anywhere for... Uh the movie to ask mm. Yeah, that's true. And now I'm just waiting up for the inevitable uh, crossover between The Beak and Frogman. <laughs> no, it wasn't Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> and we will definitely cover Mission Marvel at some point, either on this show or on the crossover Nexus. As long as it's not another episode of Jesse, I'm good. Oh my god, no. I, I do not ever want to see that show ever again. Um, I do follow Kevin Chamberlain 
Jackson on Instagram. And Ooh. he's going to be on the live action Loudhouse series. I think he's going to be flipped. All right. I like Kevin Chamberlain. He's cool. Um, so I think that's about it. Anyone else have anything to say? There was something about the pacing that felt different on this viewing. I don't know. Maybe it was just the newer like the newer eyes on it, or, or yeah, it's been a while since I've watched this episode. Um, it feels like everything happens pretty quickly, but it's not like it's happening too fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just really doesn't waste any time. Yeah, uh, looking at the credits on the wiki here, it says the production code was two twenty eight. It doesn't say like A and B, so it it doesn't look like they didn't have like. You know how they split up the episodes with two 11-minute segments? It doesn't look like they actually had somebody direct the first half and somebody else direct the second half or anything. So No, it was all directed by Swampy. Yeah. yeah I, I think they have done that. that before with some episodes where they split it up and, you know, they have a different group of people working on the first half. I mean, they're all working together, obviously. Yeah, that's the thing is they're working together, but they usually uh, will split people up and have a couple people um, be in charge of doing a board is kind of how that works. Yeah, but it looks like with this one... It it was 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 just the same team working on both halves. Yeah. Hmm. Which makes sense, because again, this episode was directed by, by Swampy, so... Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Lender is, uh, well, I guess he was the assistant director on yes. it too. So. All right. Um, so, yeah, this is a fun one. Um, does anyone have anything they want to plug? I mean, my, my plugs haven't changed much in, in a week, but um, my Twitter is the Nick Fan Club. My Instagram is ScottSandler94. I'll be back actively, more, more actively working on Coach's Right article starting tomorrow. Or, well, it'll be a whole, a whole thing happened on Friday that wouldn't be going into. But yeah, I'll be back working regularly with, with them tomorrow. And uh, yeah, I've got, I've got a, um, a, the first collection of thumbnails is my most recent Instagram post. And I'll be covering whatever comes out of Power, whatever comes out of Power Morphicon in a couple of weeks, I'll, I'll be writing those articles for them. And it, yeah, I'll, and yeah, you can hear me on the recent Baymax episode. And, and many other episodes of this podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan, I know you don't really uh, have much to plug. Well, you can uh, go to my Twitter account at auto H adjacent. And I, the other one, which I haven't put up much on was uh, Eddie on the clock spelled E-D-D-Y on the clock has some comics that i've made on there and an episode that will happen at some well, point some point uh when i'm no longer working like 50 to 60 hours a week but <laughs> yeah or going on road trips with me yeah <laughs> what will happen first uh i come back to kansas city to ride zambezi zinger or uh or eddie on the clock comes yeah. out who knows well one or the other but yeah what <laughs> But that probably know, won't I, be until like that'll probably be twenty twenty four that I actually come yeah, back. Yeah, we'll wait, wait for class. like yeah, we'll wait like a year for that. To, I mean, the when it reopens, it's gonna be you know really long lines, so it'll be there a while. Just I mean, it's still a year fun, but yeah. yeah, 
I, I think it's wild that they're actually putting a, a spiral lift hill on a wooden roller coaster. That's going to be really fun. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be the exact same track layout, but it's... No, it's not, but it takes a But, but from the long hill, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, anyway, if you haven't looked at all, I do a lot of, like, Phineas and Ferb fan art and stuff. It, that's on Auto H adjacent on Twitter, and you just scroll back and look at some of it, and and, and I'll, I'll know if you if you liked it because i will see because sometimes i will see like people liking tweets from like two and three years ago and then i'll say oh well they must have listened to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> and as always you can find me on twitter uh making uh making jokes cracking wise and yelling at movies and a special announcement for this twitter i promise to everyone here the day this podcast goes live that night i will be doing my much anticipated late night live tweet of despicable me three after announcing it a couple episodes back as soon as this episode goes up you will find that uh the night of on my twitter at dgill2295 I also have a TikTok, which I'm plotting more videos to put up. Uh, follow me at dgill underscore dg1722. And of course, there is my wonderful uh, gaming show called D Gaming, where I upload my plays from Overwatch, and it will be returning um, the date that Overwatch 2 actually goes live on the servers. So mark your calendars, because October 4th, is going to be the day D Gaming comes back to my channel in full force. You can follow me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97, as well as this podcast at Ad Podcast Acronym. If you like this and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe. I'm on all the usual places Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I'm now available on iHeartRadio and Audible. Leave us a review, give us five stars, and share us with your friends. I've got a handful of episodes of my flagship show, Theme Park Backlot, on my YouTube channel. I also visited a whole bunch of parks across the Midwest last summer, and I'm slowly working on getting those vlogs finished. And I will definitely be making more videos about my more recent trips that I've taken, but I have to get through the backlog of old stuff I haven't edited yet first before I do those. Some of those parks are actually parks that I also visited last year, so... If you want to support me even more, be sure to check out my new and improved Patreon! That's right, I actually have a Patreon again. Patreon.com slash Starport97. Just a dollar a month gets you early access to new episodes of this podcast one day early, and new videos at least one week early. Sometimes more if I haven't finished the next one quite on time. And be sure to join us next week when we cover Hamster and Gretel Season 1A, right here on the podcast without a cool acronym. The beak, the beak, flies as fast as a supersonic jet. The beak, the beak, the beak, the beak. You can't fly the honest to care. The beak, the beak, the beak, the beak. You're strong enough to move.